Please be seated. <clears throat> I just apologise before I start. I have got a bit of a cough and a cold. I'll do my best not to cough into the microphone um, as and when <laughs> I feel the urge. So, uh, Father God, we thank you for the gift of your word. And as we think on these things, open our hearts and our minds to hear you. Amen. So hopefully I will have some pictures on the screen. Perfect. Thank you, Peter. So this morning I would like to tell you a story. Once upon a time, many, many years ago, there was a man and a wife who lived in the ancient lands of Mesopotamia in a city called Ur of the Chaldees. One day, the Lord said to the man, Leave your country, your people, and your father's household, and go to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and curse those who curse you. And all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. Yes, you've guessed it. I'm talking about Abraham. You probably recognize it from our reading. Look at what Abraham said. I will bless you. You will be a blessing. I will make you into a great nation. I will make your name great. That's a huge blessing. We first meet Abraham in Genesis, living in a place called Haran, when he was 75 years old. And the first thing we learn about him is that God has blessed him and promised to make him into a great nation and to be a blessing to all peoples on earth. This blessing is to be passed on through all generations. If you read the accounts in the Old Testament, you'll see that God promises Abraham and Sarah a son in their old age, and eventually their son Isaac is born, and through him, God continues to bless the people he has chosen. In turn, Isaac blesses his sons, Jacob and Esau, with Jacob taking the firstborn's blessing. Jacob goes on to have 12 sons, and after wrestling with God, Jacob is renamed Israel, and his 12 sons form the 12 tribes of Israel. Joseph, the one with the special coat, is sold into captivity by his brothers and taken to Egypt, where God blesses him as he serves Potiphar. He's falsely accused, put into prison, and finally released to serve Pharaoh and provide for his own family in time of famine. When Jacob dies, he blesses each of his sons, speaking into their futures and the futures of their families within the 12 tribes of Israel. Blessings are a family thing, passed down from generation to generation. If you're not familiar with these stories, I do urge you to read them for yourself. They are page turners. Actually, you may have realized that I haven't started at the beginning of the story. Let's go back to the beginning of Genesis and the creation story when God created the world. God created the living creatures and he blessed them, Genesis 1 verse 22. God blessed them and said, be fruitful and increase in number and fill the water in the seas and let the birds increase on the earth. And then God created mankind and guess what he did? He blessed them, verse 28. God blessed them and he said to them, be fruitful and increase in number Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air, over the livestock, over all the earth, 
and over all the creatures that move along the ground. God blessed them, and he said, be fruitful. But what happened? Adam and Eve disobeyed God, and they ate the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and they were banished from the Garden of Eden, banished from God's presence. Their disobedience led to continued rebellion, and their eldest son Cain, who should have carried the blessing, murdered his younger brother Abel, and was also banished and became a restless wanderer. And so it went on. Time after time, humankind forfeited God's blessing through rebellion and sin, breaking their connection with God. But our God is a merciful God, full of compassion and graciousness. He chose to restore the blessing through Abraham, which is where I started our story today. So let's look again at what God says to Abraham. Leave your country, your people, and your father's household, and go to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and curse those who curse you. And all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. The blessing comes through Abraham's obedience. Leave your country and follow me and I will bless you. And if you do this, I will make your name great, and I will bless all peoples on earth. What a promise, and what a blessing. So let's see how it worked out. Back to our story in the Old Testament. God blesses Joseph, and through him the Israelites are saved from famine and settle in Egypt. The years pass, and Joseph and all that generation died, but the Israelites were fruitful, and multiplied greatly and became exceedingly numerous so that the land was filled with them. They were fruitful and multiplied because God continued to bless them, so much so that the new Pharaoh feels threatened by them and enslaves them. We read, but the more they were oppressed, the more they multiplied and spread. So God sends Moses to rescue his people. Moses, born into slavery, found floating in the bulrushes by Pharaoh's daughter, raised in a palace amongst royalty, never forgetting his roots. He kills an Egyptian who is fighting with an Israelite and has to flee. He spends 40 years in the desert before encountering the burning bush where God identifies himself as the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And he sends Moses to bring the Israelites out of Egypt. Again, if you read the stories, you'll know that bringing the Israelites out of Egypt is not straightforward. Pharaoh won't let them go. His heart is hardened, and despite the plagues God sends, until eventually he lets them go, God parts the Red Sea, and Moses leads the people into the desert. Another 40 years pass. Moses has died, and Joshua leads the people into the Promised Land. Years pass as the Israelites pursue the land and the inheritance that God has promised them. God raises up judges to lead the people. You see my little group of judges. And there's a little uh, prophet there and three kings. Saul, who comes to a bad end. David, a man after God's heart. And Solomon, granted wisdom by God, but distracted by his many wives. (laughs) Again, I do urge you, read these stories. They're really rich in detail. They tell of God's generous interaction with his people. I'm going to speed up a little bit now, because there's many, many years to cover. After Solomon, the kingdom splits. 
Ten of the original twelve tribes form Israel in the north, and two tribes form Judah in the south, where Jerusalem is. There are kings in the north and kings in the south, a few of whom are loyal to God, but most who are not. When God first blessed Abraham, he told him, leave this land. Abraham obeyed and was blessed. As the tribes in Israel and Judah turn away from God and disobey him, they lose their land and their blessing and are taken into captivity. Israel to Assyria and Judah to Babylon. But God never fully abandons them, remembering his covenant of blessing with Abraham to bless his people so they can be a blessing for all peoples on earth. After 70 years, the Jews return to Babylon, return from Babylon and rebuild the temple that had been destroyed. Nehemiah rebuilds the walls of Jerusalem. Malachi the prophet called the people back to God and prophesied about the Messiah. The Old Testament ends with the Jews back in their land, a remnant people surrounded by powerful kingdoms looking for a time when God would send the promised Messiah to deliver his people. And more than 400 years pass between when Malachi prophesies and when Matthew writes his gospel. And during those centuries, enemies rise and fall, the Jews scatter across the Mediterranean, the synagogues are born, Pharisees remind people of the Jewish law, and the people long for the coming of the Messiah. So since God spoke the blessing to Abraham, a lot of time has passed. Many, many years, centuries have gone by. When Matthew writes his gospel, the first thing he does is to link Jesus to Abraham. He presents a family tree, starting with Abraham, leading to Jesus, who is Christ. Matthew concludes, Thus there were 14 generations in all from Abraham to David, 14 from David to the exile to Babylon, and 14 from the exile to Christ. As the blessing was passed down from generation, so it was passed to Jesus the man. God has not forgotten the blessing that he promised to Abraham all that time ago. He knows that we keep turning away from God in rebellion and disobedience, forfeiting our blessing. So he sends Jesus to restore the blessing to us in all its fullness. Now, I think I'd need several weeks to talk through the gospel and the blessings brought by Jesus. In fact, when I told Lee what I wanted to talk about this morning, his comment was, that sounds like a year-long sermon series. (laughs) So just a teaser here. In John's Gospel, we are told, from the fullness of his grace, that's Jesus' grace, we have received one blessing after another. One blessing after another. The blessings just keep on coming. Just remember what he did with five loaves and two fish. Our story continues through the Gospels, on to 33 AD and the book of Acts when the disciple Peter, full of the Holy Spirit, is speaking to crowds, explaining the gospel. He says, And you are heirs of the prophets and of the covenant God made with your fathers. He said to Abraham, Through your offspring, all peoples on earth will be blessed. God blesses the whole world through the preaching of the good news of Jesus. And it all goes back to that original promise of blessing made to Abraham. Peter says we are heirs of that promise of blessing. But that's not the end of the story. Fast forward another 50 years, as thousands of Gentiles become Christians, and the Apostle Paul says, Understand then that those who believe are children of Abraham. 
Those who believe in Jesus carry the blessing that God gave to Abraham. By believing in Jesus, we become children of Abraham and receive the blessing he received. Paul goes on. He, God, redeemed us in order that the blessing given to Abraham might come to the Gentiles through Christ Jesus. As believers, we are carriers of blessing, just as Abraham was. God always intended to bless the nations on earth. He promised that to Abraham. I will bless you, and you will be a blessing. These are not just physical blessings that we inherit through Jesus, passed down from Abraham, but they are also spiritual blessings. Paul writes in Ephesians 1.3, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. As Christians, we carry the Holy Spirit with us and are blessed with every spiritual blessing. Just as the physical blessings were passed on to the physical nation, so the spiritual promises go to the spiritual descendants. Spiritually, we who believe are the children of Abraham. So what does that blessing entail? Well, what did the blessing look like in the Garden of Eden? When Adam and Eve walked in the garden in the cool of the evening with God, they had many blessings. They had spiritual, emotional, physical, psychological, and material blessings. Everything they needed to live a fully blessed life. Roy Godwin, who wrote The Way of Blessing, suggests that this is covered by the concept of shalom, which is usually used as a declaration of peace and is still used by the Jewish community today as a term to bless people. Shalom encompasses peace, harmony, wholeness, completeness, prosperity, welfare, and tranquility. These were all the blessings Adam and Eve experienced in the Garden of Eden, which were then restored to Abraham, and then to us as spiritual descendants of Abraham through Jesus. So do you think you have been blessed? Has God blessed you in all er these areas of your life? So often it's easier to focus on the areas of our lives where we feel we've not been blessed. But actually, God is at work blessing us regardless of the circumstances of our lives. Think back to Joseph. His father Jacob adored him and singled him out for special blessing by giving him a special cloak, or as it's referred to, an ornamental robe. His brothers were not impressed and sold him into captivity. However, God still blessed him. We are told, the Lord was with Joseph and he prospered and he lived in the house of his master in Egypt. That master was Potiphar. He was falsely accused of a crime he didn't commit and ended up in prison. Again, we're told, the Lord was with him and showed him kindness and granted him favor in the eyes of the prison warder. When he was finally released from prison, he found favor with Pharaoh and was able to provide for his family in time of severe famine when they came to Egypt. Regardless of his circumstances, whether in his family, slavery, prison, or the palace, God was blessed by, Joseph was blessed by God. Whatever our circumstances in life, we can experience God's blessings. Sometimes, we notice those blessings more when we are in difficult circumstances. Like Joseph, we are all carriers of God's blessing.
So it wasn't until I was having fun searching for cartoon pictures of biblical characters for this talk that I realized all of them were male. It's not the case that only men are carriers of blessing. So I want to hold up a few women in the Bible who were also carriers of blessing. You can, you can kind of work out for yourself who is who. I didn't do that. We've got Sarah, Abraham's wife, who by faith bore Abraham's son in her old age. Deborah, a female judge. Hannah, the prophet Samuel's mother. Esther, a queen who prayed and fasted, seeking God's favor for the Jewish people. And then in Jesus' genealogy, his family tree. Rahab, a prostitute living in Jericho who sheltered the Israelite spies. Ruth, from Moab, who accompanied Naomi back to her people and married Boaz to carry on the family name. Bathsheba, listed as Uriah's wife, but slept with David and was the mother of Solomon. Mary, wife of Joseph, mother of Jesus. And then there are even more in the New Testament. Anna, the prophetess who meets Jesus as a baby. Elizabeth, mother of John the Baptist. Mary Madeline. Martha, her sister Mary. Lydia, Phoebe, Dorcas, Priscilla, Lois, Joanna, Eunice, Salome, and Philip's four daughters who prophesied. So I hope that redresses the balance a little bit. (laughs) The greatest blessing you can ever receive is the blessing of a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. As Adam and Eve had a relationship with God in the Garden of Eden before the fall, so we can have a restored relationship with God. To know him is to have the knowledge that our sins have been forgiven. To know him is to have the assurance that we are blessed by God. And as you are blessed, you will carry God's blessing with you and begin to bless other people. Just as Abraham was blessed to be a blessing, so we are blessed to be a blessing. Roy Godwin writes, This is how the kingdom works. You know you are loved, and you find yourself loving others. You know you are forgiven, and you find yourself forgiving others. You find yourself accepted, and of course, you find yourself accepting others. There is an outflow, a reflection of what he has done for you towards others as your heart attitudes change. And of course, aware of such undeserved blessings, you want to share more about the kingdom of God the idea about the heart of God that blessing expresses. It's been my experience that knowing Jesus is the greatest blessing in my life. And from that perspective, I come to see all the other blessings he has given me. When times are tough, I find God blesses me with patience, with peace, joy, loving friends, a loving church family, Sunshine, rain, revelation through his word, conviction and repentance, and the deep desire to become more and more like Jesus. And when times are good, I find God blesses me with the same things. God's blessing flows from the Holy Spirit within us. We are carriers of his blessing and take this blessing into every situation we come into. This is our job description as Christians. 1 Peter 3, 8-9 in the Message Bible reads, Be agreeable, be sympathetic, be loving, be compassionate, be humble. That goes for all of you, no exceptions. 
no retaliation, no sharp-tongued sarcasm. Instead, bless. That's your job, to bless. You'll be a blessing and also get a blessing. And here's one way we might be a blessing as we encounter other people in our lives. This is a bless acrostic. Begin with a prayer. Listen to a friend. Eat with a friend. Serve a friend. Share your story. God's blessings are never meant to be hoarded. He means for us to be blessed and then to give the blessing away. And in giving it away, we are blessed all over again. So he blesses you and you give it away. He blesses you again and you give it away. He blesses you yet again and you give it away. God intends to bless the world through the giving of his son who loved us and died for us and rose again and ascended into heaven and one day will return to earth. He has blessed us abundantly and eternally in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Our God is in the blessing business. He always wanted to bless the whole world through Jesus. And so finally, since you are blessed, be a blessing to someone today.